The facts, dates, and events presented in this video are from the member's best recollection and may not be fully accurate. This video is intended for entertainment purposes only. Always consult with your local union about your rights and duties at your workplace. The opinions shared on this video are our own and do not necessarily represent my employer's positions, strategies, or opinions. All views shared are protected under the National Labor Relations Act. Nice. You are now in tune with the boss of the business, the What the Heck Show, on UnionPowerRadio.com. Baby crying out there. Oh, there's a lot of babies crying out there. Hold on, hold on. Let me calm them down. Hold on, calm down, baby. Calm down. You're listening to the What the Heck Show here on Union Power Radio. It is uh, July 30th, and there's a lot of things going on today. Today, a lot of Zoom meetings between uh, Vinny. Can, can you can you mute yourself, uh, Carl? Thank you. Oh, I'll mute you. There you go. Anyway, uh, there's a lot of Zoom meetings out there today. Uh, first, we started at 10 o'clock this morning with Vinny Perrone. Uh, I'm talking to the members of Local 804 to explain to them what's going on with this contract. And there's a lot of things going on, I guess, uh, out in the West Coast. And uh, Rosie from 63 is there. And I'm sure I'm waiting for Jose to get on also because they had just a webinar at uh, at 3 o'clock about voting no to this contract. And I would love to find out exactly what because, I mean, I heard a lot of, uh, of this. But I, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't get it, man. And I'm gonna show you guys the difference between being, you know, I don't know how long anyone's been here, and 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 I've been through four uh, contracts. And let me tell you something: those other contracts from dating from 2013, 2008, and 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 on, we 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 really didn't get much. And I never saw so much uh, feedback with this contract versus the one from Halford's contract. And Halford went through three. Well, I went through three contracts. And I know a lot of other people went through many more. And um, and <laughs> to see what I see now is 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 great. And I, I know I see Jose getting on, Jess getting on. And uh, Victor getting on, and they're all from the West Coast, and I like I just finished listening to them at at, at three o'clock uh, about this vote no thing, and um, I'm sure there's a it's going to be a debate going on as far as uh, uh, why is it that everyone in the West Coast is uh, voting it no, and and the strategy, and a lot of members want to know what's going on. 
well, not a lot. You know, local 63, Rosie is not voting no. But uh, Jose, Jess, uh, I, I want to get right into it because uh, to me, I'm, I'm going to let you guys know right now because I'm straight up raw. I like this contract. And as far as the past that I've been through, and I don't know if you guys have more years than me, but I've been through four contracts. And in 2008, we only got a, a increase of four dollars for the next, you know, for the five years. So it's like, it's like, what's the what, what's going on right now, Jose? Why is uh you guys saying that is is a vote? You you're going for the vote no, and you're having a campaign of vote no. Well, this contract still doesn't address the the real issues that some of our part timers face. You know, we still have part timers living in. Uh, shelters some unhoused some receiving government assistance or federal state municipality city county whatever it may be so it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't answer that question we, we i don't think we fought big and that's why i'm voting no because this this contract you're still paying your part-timers are receiving 21 dollars, right it's still poverty pay wherever you have or, Especially in places where it's high cost of living, New York, Boston, Chicago, Southern California, for exception of some counties, it's 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 too much. It's it's too high. You know, I'm lucky enough. I have another job. I've been working two jobs for uh, the last going on 17 years. You know, I work in the morning as a instructional assistant, and then I work at the evenings at UPS. And I'm fortunate. I have my mother that watches my son, but some of us are not. You know, that's why me and Teamster Mobilize, we, we ran, we're running this camp, no, uh, no vote campaign because it doesn't address the issues when it comes to part-timers. Now, let me, let me get this straight for a second. Who's, who's really running that campaign? Because what I'm hearing is John Palmer, the vice president no. of IBT. Hold on a second. Someone that, is calling. That's, that's, that's misinformation. Whoever's giving you that, informa that information is wrong. Now, have we talked to John uh, Palmer? Yes, we have. I personally talked to him. So, I mean, but he's John not. But he's not. He's not running this campaign. It's 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 the rank and file who are upset with this fucking contract that's running this show. It's us. It's us. Nobody else. It's us. Now, have and if, you, people have want, if, if people want to like bring in John Palmer to put some negativity on us, hey, fine, go ahead. Well, I'm asking. I'm issues. asking the question because the the name came up a lot with this uh, Teamster motivation. Uh, what is it? Um, what Teamster is it? mobilize. Mobilize. And he was he was going to be a guest speaker. Yes. He oh, he was going to be a guest speaker, but he wasn't yes. the one that initiated the whole thing. Yeah, no, because that's no. gonna be that's gonna be some 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 shit going on there because you know he's part of the the IBT vice president uh, at large. And uh, him saying no to the contract. And I, I mean, I saw a couple of his things that he's agreeing with you, with the part-timers uh, in the West Coast about not agreeing to this contract, voting no to it. But the question is, like I said, I, I listened to your 3 o'clock uh, Zoom meeting. And, and thank you. And um, you got about 100 people to uh, listen and talk about what's going on. And I get it. I totally get it, but you know, for me as a full timer, because I've never a part timer, and for me a full timer, for me this contract looks pretty good. It's not the best, but it's pretty good. It's better than what we had in the past. Now, 
I just want to know why all of a sudden, because in 2008, and I don't know if you guys were in 2008, we got an increase of $4 for the next five years, and that was Hoffa. Uh, and we had the two-third rule, and he shoved it down our throat, and he says, this is what you're going to get. And, and no one made anything of it back in 2008. And then the 2013 contract, right after that one, it went down 10 cents. It went to 390 for the next five years, and no one made an issue out of it. And then the contract right after that in 2018, it went up to 415, which was another Hoffa thing. And now no, no one spoke about, you know, and if, they, if we did do the vote, no, we did do the vote, no. But the problem was that he had the two-third contract under him, so he, you know, made us take this contract. But now that was shown in pictures with the 2003 contract, he has a plus $3.35, which comes up to seven fifty dollars for the full-time drivers. And the part-time drivers, I believe, is a five fifty dollars increase or $7. Dollars. I, don't, I, I wasn't looking at the... Wage, wage, wage increase for everybody is seven fifty dollars throughout the board. But even like we have Rosie, she was probably part of the... She, I'm almost positive that she was part of the 2013 contract, which it was a vote no, and that's where... Everything started 2013, 2018. This is for me. It was this was the time to fight big and to win big. We came through a pandemic where none of us got rewarded for it. The only thing we got rewarded for is some of us got sick and some of us died. Right? We have this corporation making billions upon billions of record profit. You know, you had a militant rank and file, militant rank and file who's ready to strike who's ready to go out there and do the work that needs to be done. And we were given this. To me, for the part-timers, it does it does not add up. Even for full-timers, it still not, doesn't add up. Because, okay, so top rate is $49 at the, I think, per, at the end of the contract. Somebody please correct me if I'm wrong. That's still not even, that's below, that's going to be below inflation. And that's still no real purchasing power for full-timers. Right. So what I put on the screen at the share uh, that this is the, the wages for the full timers, so 22 fours and the full timers. And the wages start from uh, uh, 22 four that now are going to be 0300. Uh, the start of twenty three dollars, twenty four, twenty five, thirty, seventy five. Dan, you have your hand up. What's up? What do you got to say, Dan? Hey, what's going on, guys? Um, I just want to. My, I think the best selling point for the part-timers on the wages uh, to bring it into, you know, clear picture for everybody is one, you know, the 750 may or may not be a good number, especially with a pandemic, but more so the issue for the part-timers is, is that not everywhere, but in a majority of places, the part-timers are working under market rate adjustments and, when they get these pay raises, there's nothing stopping the company from withdrawing those market rate adjustments. So essentially, these guys may go whole five years without a pay raise. You know, yes, this this locks it into their pay so that they can never be taken away. But it would I think it would have been a different story if they had locked the MRAs in place and then added the the uh, wage increases. But I know this company, and I you know 100% know that. As those wages get put into their paychecks, they're going to roll back those market rate adjustments and they're not going to see a pay raise over the next five years. And the second part of that that I think is a good argument for them is the insulting catch-up raises. You know, uh, 
50 cents for five to 10 years, uh, dollar for 10 to 15 and dollar 50 over 15 years is insulting. I mean, they aren't going to be making, you know, maybe the higher end guys will be, but certainly the, uh, you know, five-year guys, they're not going to be making much over starting wages uh, with these increases. And to me, that just seems incredibly unfair. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. I mean, I, I, I like this contract. I don't like it for the part-time. I think they should have just waited a little longer and strike these motherfuckers. I, that's what I think. I think we, we did all this practicing of, of uh, yeah, 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 we're going on strike. If you don't pay, we did a fucking big thing, big shows, CNA, and everybody, everybody heard about it. And then to go to the tables and two hours later come back with a tentative agreement which is fucking, what the fuck happened? And it was like, you know, it's like, you, the company predicted this. <laughs> you know, they, they told a management company that Friday that don't worry because they were supposed to all go to a training camp to how to deliver or whatever. And they got canceled because the company already knew that they're going to throw this to us. We're going to accept it. And then we're not going to go on strike. But I think we should have held out. And I think we should have gave these motherfuckers another uh, day or two of fucking strikes. Uh, Jess, you got your hand up. What's up? I like listening to her. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and one thing we're talking about, you know, these measly catch-up raises that puts everybody, you know, 50 cents or a dollar above a new hire. Um, <clears throat> they essentially want us to sell out <clears throat> the next person coming in the door. Um, they're going to fall under a completely separate tier and they're going to cap out at $23 in five years. And for me as a shop steward, like that is not a teamster mentality. I'm going to fight for the next person before they've even walked in the door because we have an obligation to leave it better, not vote something in that further creates division and exploitation of the part-time workforce. And all of our wages, full-time and part-time wages, we don't even have the equivalent buying power that we had 40 years ago in 1982, guys. We don't have any more buying power. We have less. Those aren't raises. Why is the company getting all of our value and we're essentially getting none, literally none? We have less buying power today than part-timers and full-timers had 40 years ago. And that is a fact. Wow. Wow. So did you guys even uh, look at the tentative agreement? Any of you? Uh, Rosie, you're already 48 pages. 48 pages. I, I read those 48 pages. Some things fell through the cracks until other people told me, but I read those 48 pages. Hey Rosie, what you have your hands up? What's up? Oh yeah, yeah, I got, I got. I'm, I'm, I, I, I'm, I know I'm you're waiting. I know you're waiting, and you're yes, biting your tongue. I'm, I'm patiently waiting. Okay, <laughs> look, I, 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 I cannot say that I've made a decision on whether I like the contract or not because I haven't seen my supplements or writers, and this is one of the problems that I have with all the pension debacle that's gone on over here because there's been a lot of lies put out about our pensions. And and stuff like that. And that's a whole nother subject that if you want to get into, we can get into it. But as far as what's going on with the vote, no, I respect anybody's decision on how they want to vote on this contract. 
I, I understand where they're at and how they feel about it. My, my issue is that if you're going to send the negotiating members, the, the negotiating team back to the table, you need to send them back with specific changes as to what you want. One of my biggest, and mine and Christine have been talking about it from day one, is language. You need to understand what language you want changed. And one of the problems that, and I see this problem, in five years, we're going to be exactly where we are today. And Jess and Jose aren't wrong because there is a problem with them coming in at 21 and only being at 23. In five years, we're going to be right where we were today. But the problem with that is, that there was not a fight for that progression. Greg Kerwood, myself, a whole lot of other Teamsters across the nation put in a proposal and we asked for a top-out, a four-year progression for part-timers with a top-out. We needed that language. That wasn't part of the fight. That's what the fight needed to be. It wasn't just money. It can't be about money anymore. It has to be about language. And until the members understand that we must change the language in the contract to truly make a difference. We're never going to get out of this fucked up cycle that continues to happen. Wow. There's a lot of shit going on, but I, like I said, a lot of people, I, I mean, in, in local 804, uh, a lot of part-timers uh, like the contract. I, to believe it or not, all the parking meetings that I had on my buildings and I spoke to the part-timers, um, I had one or two questions of uh, when they're going to get their money. Uh, they were happy about the uh, increase from uh, $16 to $21 and then the pro progression on that. Um, I believe they should have got $25. I believe everyone should have got $25. I think TDU put it out there that everybody was going to get $25. And then they took it down when they saw that it wasn't going to get the $25. So they misled the part-timers because the part-timers all thought they were going to get $25. And what would be the difference if 21, 23, and 25 uh, in the next five years? And I, I, I want to speak to Audrey. Audrey is... is, is She's been to our local, and uh, she's in 177. Uh, Audrey, please say what you got to say. Yes. Hi. Uh, yeah, I've gone to a few of the local 804 meetings. Um, yeah, I have a few thoughts specifically in response to what others have brought up. Uh, well, actually, so you had brought up, you thought it was a good contract, but it was bad for the part-timers. Um, and that, you know, we should have fought, we should have gone on strike. Um, I mean, we still can, but that leadership, you know, if this was, if this was the tentative contract, they should never have accepted this and, uh, and we should have gone on strike. So in my view, I mean, those two things can't be the same. Like it can't be a good contract. And at the same time, even if you're just looking at the issue of part-timers and part-timers are, you know, totally sold out, <laughs> um, in this contract, like, I think we have to be looking at at the demands of, of all classifications, even if it's like, you know, pretty good for drivers in some respects, but even for drivers, right. Uh, people aren't, aren't um, like wages aren't keeping up with, with cost of living. But so that was one thing. Um, and, you know, I think, I mean, part-timers and full-timers, I think if, if we have the mentality. Sorry. Oh, I think 
Okay. That wasn't for me. If we have the mentality that this is as good as we can get, then sure. You know, it's a little, okay. It's better than the last one, but we know it's not, you know, we know we can fight for more. Um, We have the power to demand more. We can go on strike. We can shut, shut this company down. Um, And so when you look at it from that perspective, uh, I think it's, it's clear we have to reject this tentative agreement and, just I know you also brought up like previous contracts that people weren't um, like previous concessionary contracts. People weren't so upset. Um, I mean, I'm sure there were people who were, uh, you know, trying to organize to, to, to vote down previous contracts, fight for more. I know that did happen. But also, I think what's different about this one is like O'Brien, Zuckerman, they've been saying this whole time that they are like the true militants fighting for the workers. You know, people came to expect, I think, with previous leadership, like, okay, you know, it's it's corrupt, you know, uh, off of leadership. Um, we're going to get sold out. Uh, I mean, not everyone, you know, just accepted that. But I'm saying, like, if that was how people were thinking about the union leadership, then here comes these people who are saying they're going to be totally different. They're not going to do the same thing. They're going to fight. We're going to strike. They're not going to do an NDA. And then this is what we get. So I think that's... That's why, um, I mean, myself and, and others are involved in the Vote No campaign. We're hoping, you know, we can bring as many people together to vote this thing down and fight for more because we know that we can. And to um, Rosie's point, I've never met you, but nice to meet you. In terms of like what to, like we need to have some clear demands, you know, not just that this isn't good enough. Yeah, I agree. So one thing that um, that Teamsters Mobilize worked on is we have, uh, survey. It's on our website. Um, if you go to teamstersmobilize.com, then go to the vote no page to ask, like, what are the issues that you all see? Like, you all listening, and hopefully that we'll be listening to this later. Um, and what do you want to demand so that we can actually, by the end of the, the voting, have like a concrete list of demands so that in the event that we are able to vote this thing down, we have something to give to leadership to say, this is what we want and this is what we need. Um, so yeah, those, those are some of my thoughts on uh, this, this tentative agreement. Now, I, one, of your, one of your speakers on your the three o'clock Zoom meeting, uh, hold on a second. Somebody's on the phone. Union Power Radio. Hello? 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 Yes, Union Power Radio. All right, whatever. So one of the guys in, uh, I think his name was Jones, Nick Jones or Willie, was saying that, you know, the guarantee four hours. And and I have a problem with with, with the guarantee uh, three and a half, not, not because you don't deserve it. You guys definitely deserve it. But the problem I'm having here in Local 804 is that the guys don't want to stay the guarantee. They leave before the three and a half hours. They leave at two hours. They leave in one hour and 15 minutes. I put in grievances for those for those articles. And wh- you know what I get back from the grievances? I get back a waiver from the member saying that they waived their rights of the three and a half hours to four hours. So, you know, what are we fighting for here? If we're getting them a guarantee three and a half to four hours of guarantee and then the members, uh, which is our worst enemies, our own enemies is us. 
is 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 leaving the 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 facility and not guaranteeing they three and a half hour four and a half hours i'm putting in tons of grievance because i look at the recap and i see the uh the how people go home and and then i get a waiver from the grievance that's saying that they waive their rights to gar- to have that guaranteed three and a half hours so i mean what are we we're, we're fighting something that we're fighting against each other that we're trying to get something for the part-timers to have a guarantee we're trying trying to fight but they're not voting they're not you know out there you know it, all, all the pra- same like isn't aren't, aren't drivers aren't drivers not taking their lunch haven't you felt that's uh, a, but it's a uh, handful that grievances for not taking uh, the Jose, lunch that's or, a handful or though or for, well same thing with the part-time no 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 hold on hold on a second hold on a second mute yourself mute yourself mute yourself thank you so jose listen so we could go with this because i deal with uh, the drivers and 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 the part timers, and I deal with local local sort, preload, twilight, and the drivers. And some drivers doesn't. Yeah, you're right. They don't work during their lunch, and they work through their lunch just to get out early. But they still guarantee eight hours. They still get their guarantee eight hours. Now, but the on 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 the part time vote. I mean, I I have stacks per week looking at the recap. And I got guys going home one hour, 50 minutes into their shifts. And I go to them and I say, you're guaranteed three and a half hours. Why did you go home in an hour and 50 minutes? Oh, I, I, I had enough. I got to go. I got to go. Why you got to go? You have a guarantee. They have to keep you there for the three and a half hours. They could guarantee you if they don't have work, if they don't. And I keep explaining it to them. If you volunteer to go home, they're going to give you the 05. They're going to give you whatever you worked. If you stay there and say, listen, I'm here to work. Keep me in two to three. If they tell you, I don't have no more work for you, you're, they have to pay you the three and a half hours. But I have the, the part-timers signing a waiver saying that they don't want the three and a half hours. And how do you fight that against the arbitrator? Um, Jess, you're back on. Go ahead. Yeah, um, I think that that's an education thing. Um, We all know that part-timers have been kept down for a very long time. Um, It started from the top down as soon as the division started in the 80s. Um, And part of that was to make part-time jobs unsustainable um, so that those people didn't stick around. So it's a lot harder to get those part-timers educated. Um, You know, you almost have to have somebody that is a senior part-timer on that shift that is willing to step up and make sure that those people stay educated because the majority of our part-timers have less than five years experience. Um, Most people don't get very involved until they're in for four or five years, right? And by that point, some people have already become full-time drivers. Um, So, you know, it's all about education. It's all about, you know, reminding people like, hey, there's a bigger picture here. You demand your hours so that eventually that that creates more jobs, right? You demand your hours. You demand that we create more full-time positions like we're doing now. Like you said, it's hard to go and say, hey, we want a four-hour guarantee, and the company can come and show us people that are clocking out after two and a half hours. Um, That doesn't happen on my shift. My shift is never below five, five and a half hours, Um, and people want the work. Um, we, we've actually done that on my shift. We've actually filed so much stuff 
that now we're doing work that we weren't doing at our building. So people are getting more time, more hours. Um, it's all about education. It's all about educating these people to see the big picture versus, you know, we already know they have a soup right behind them. Uh, hey, man, uh, you're ready to go. You can cut on out. Like we know that they're putting these members in the position to stand up and say, actually, no, nah, dude, I've only been on the clock two and a half hours. I'm here for another hour. You know, what do you need me to do? Um, we already know that the burden is put on us. Right. The burden is put on us. We have to demand that. Um, so it just goes back to educating these people, engaging with them, empowering them, um, you know, from from a shop floor leader. Um, and and it, it makes a huge difference, I can assure you, because we have changed the entire climate on our sort. A supervisor on our sort will not touch a box. They will call break the minute it hits the three hour mark, because not only will I call break, now every member on my sort will shut it down at the three hour mark. That is what education and engaging and empowering people will get you in these buildings. And we have to do that from the shop floor up. That's great. That's great to hear. And you're right. You're right. It's the education part. I try my best because I'm a I'm a BA and I and I can't be everywhere at one time and I try to hold both sleeves like the shop steward sleeve and the BA sleeve when I'm in buildings and when whenever they do these new classes these new uh hirees I try to see where's my schedule and me to be there to educate the the new guys to come in and what is the union about because these guys are coming in here not knowing what is the union about. They just here for a job. They here to just, you know, make their money and go home and play video games for the next uh couple of hours. But this is what we need. We need education. I thought we had that in in, in this new IBT. I thought we had uh, people going around the country and, and educating the, the members. And that's exactly, you're absolutely 100% right, Jess. This is what we need in the IBT. We need education for the members to understand the guarantee and what is about the guarantee. The guarantee is to stay there. If they don't want, if they don't have any work for you, you're guaranteed four hours. And if you continue doing what you're doing and leaving an hour or five or whatever, hour and 50 minutes, you, they're gonna. The company is gonna take total, total, total advantage of this. This waiver is not even a union waiver. There's a, a a company waiver saying that you know if I wish I had one here to show you guys, but it says that you know I don't want my guaranteed thirty five hour, uh, three point five hours, and that's killing it. It's killing it and killing it. I put in supervisors working because right after they leave, the supervisor starts working. So I put in supervisors working. They deny because they said that the 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 member decided to leave the the facility, and it, it just it's just this is a go around thing. Now on the practice uh, strike run, when I went out to the buildings and um, some buildings out in the in the East Coast, in um, Suffolk and, and Melville, those part times are all together. They are all together. So they came out and they went on the practice picket, picket line. And some little buildings, none, maybe one part-time, it came in and pick it, uh, did the practice picnic line. So, you know, the interest is not there either. So we have to get them interested in being part of, and I thought Sean was doing that because he was telling, you know, everyone that he's going to hold out on this contract unless the part-timers get what they deserve. 
this I mean the 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 full timers got what they wanted. Uh, so now we were going to go on strike. I thought we were going to go on strike really for a couple of days at least because he was going to hold on until the part timers get exactly what they were looking for, which was the twenty five dollars. And obviously it didn't happen. Now that they have a tentative agreement, now we cannot go on strike until the vote uh, the vote gets out there. And um, I don't I don't I don't see this contract not being voted down. I think it's the majority rules now and majority is going to vote this 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 contract in, even though, you know, you guys are going to do this uh, vote no thing. But I, I think the majority is going to rule this, this contract to be passed by because this is what's going on over there. They're going out there and they're saying this contract is good. This contract is good. And they're talking to all the full timers. They're not talking to all the part time because they always say the part timers never vote. And, and, and the record shows that they don't. They just don't care. And they need to care. And if they want to care and they think this contract should be voted down, they should get on the app and vote. The, the the thing no and let's see what it goes from there uh um God, i forgot her name already me yeah you cool. <laughs> i'm sorry i got um, your name I'll, I'll your name brief. didn't pop up here i'm sorry audrey no worries i'll be brief because i see other people have their hands mm. up i mean i think uh like there's a question why are part-timers you know i'm a part-timer why are part-timers not so involved in the union that's a fact uh, and why are people leaving early um, I mean, because people are beaten down by this company, like this is hard work, you know, you're, you're there. I sort and I unload, you know, we're trying to sort as quickly as we can packages up to 70 pounds. Recently, it's been like 90 to hundred degrees inside. There's a lot of people who want their full guarantee or more of three and a half hours. I think it's not everyone that wants to leave early, but also I think there's people who leave early just because the working conditions are so bad and for the pay that we're getting, you know, if, if I think if our union had been fighting for us all these years and, you know, even just in this tentative contract for real significant improvements in our working conditions and our pay and our benefits, people would see more of like a reason uh, to be involved with the union, you know, um, to really try to organize on the shop floor. But when people have been totally, uh, like, well, obviously, uh, beaten down by the company, but also I think sold out by the union leadership, who, like a lot of union leadership doesn't try to engage with part-timers. Like a lot of people say like, Oh, part-timers don't vote. Part-timers don't, they're not engaged. Part-timers don't come to the meetings. But well, the question is why, um, it doesn't have to be like that, but you know, most of my coworkers are like, well, I've never talked to a, a local BA. They, they don't really you know, come around or if they do, they're, they're kind of there, but they're not actually trying to, uh, get people organized. Um, so yeah, that's just what I wanted to say on this question of like, uh, part-timers leaving early and like not being as involved. If that's the case, then we need to, we need to change that. Yeah. We need to definitely educate the part-timers of how, uh, how important it is to stay and get your guarantee. Jose, you're next. What's up? Okay, one thing I do like about, there's two things I like about the contract. I like the non-educational transfer, and I also like that stewards could be in those new hire orientations for more than 15 minutes after they could be there for the duration of it. And that's where local, these locals have to go in there and have one of the stewards be in that orientation class, 
through for the duration. Like in my in my local, when we have a new hire orientation, it usually lasts four days, and they're there for like four hours. So have the steward there. Those and it's contra it's contractual language. It's tentative contractual language that they stay on there, and that's how you educate because that's because you're engaging the new hire. You're telling them. Uh, you know what? Here's the pitfalls. After your second hour or, or second hour and a half, you're going to have management telling you, oh, you want to go. And especially when you're in there loading uh, five package cars or you're loading a 45 or 53 foot trailer and it's and it's a uh, 100 degrees outside inside that trailer is probably 130. You know, so supervisor tells you, hey, uh, do you want to go? What do you, what do you think they're going to do after? Getting your head bashed in, you're, you're you're just drenched in fucking sweat. Your damn underwears are are drenched in your sweat because of these conditions. And there's no proper ventilation in any of these facilities. Not in my old ass facility, you know. And then another thing too is about the uh, about the vote. You were talking about how you think it's going to pass, and you know it's been the playbook throughout the throughout my tenure. You have the biz, you have the business agents. You have the principal officers, you have the stewards, you know, pressing upon the rank and file to vote yes, to vote yes, until you vote yes. You know, of 2018, that contract got shot down, but it got, you know, pushed down. And I hope got pushed through. I hope this contract gets shot down and say, you know what, let's you need to go back to the table. And when we're talking about contractual language, contractual languages, starting and base pay needs to be at $25 with 75 cents for every year's service. And a five percent wage increase, and a daily guarantee of four hours, and then it's going to be upon us, the rank and file, to to uphold that contract, to support our stewards, and tell them, like, this is what's happening." I agree. And en and engage with everybody. I agree. Thanks, Jose. I got. I'm just gonna go down the line, Dan. I know you've been waiting for a minute, so what's up, Dan? So I just want to say, first of all, I think that. Across the board, people are underestimating the part-timers. And yes, historically, the numbers prove that the part-timers are not engaged. But this has been such a social media campaign over this last year. And those 20-somethings and early 30-somethings, they're more awake now than they have ever been. Uh, the labor movement in general is being fed by the younger generations. And the fact that and I've said this on my show that Sean has such charisma that he people bought into it hook, line and sinker. And the expectations were raised so high that I think for the first time in my 23 years, I think the part timers are more engaged now than they've ever been. So it would not surprise me if there's a record number of part timers voting in this contract. That being said, the part timers have hurt themselves with some of the things that we just talked about, uh, not staying for their guarantees, it makes it really hard at the negotiation table. And I'm not justifying, defending, or uh, bashing either, but it's hard to negotiate more pay and more pay guarantee when the overwhelming majority of part-timers don't stay for their shifts. And granted, I fully hear what you guys are saying. Management manipulates the part-timers to go home early. And a lot of these people don't realize that they can say no and there's nothing management can say about it. I, I do think that a lot of them go, oh, okay, I guess I got to go home. 
And then there's also a portion of part-timers that have other side jobs or own small businesses and they're there just for the insurance. So if they come in and plug in for a couple hours, they get to go home, that suffices their needs. But it's kind of a weird conundrum because you have, you know, a bunch of needs, but then when they look at the actual facts, it makes it hard to negotiate that. But no joke, part-timers are awake, and I guarantee that we're going to see some record numbers in the voting for the part-timers. I hope so. I hope so. I mean, part-timers need to wake up because this is their, also their contract, and, we, and you know, the company is trying to make it as full-time versus part-time, and we're tired of that. Because in the past couple of contracts, when uh, everyone was running for office in the past, they were always saying, oh, the part-times are, you know, is our main concern. They, they fucked the part-timers for every contract that I'd been through because they did not give a fuck. They just wanted to go into office and say, fuck it. And I felt this time around that this time the part-timers were going to be heard, that we were going to go on strike because of the part-timers, and they didn't get what they want, and, and it fell right through the cracks. Uh, I, I, I don't know what to say because I was never a part-timer, and I don't know. The, the, the wages, they suck. They should be at 25. They should start it at 25. The money is there. Uh, hold on. Someone's on the uh, Union Power Radio. You're on the phone. What's up? Hello? Yeah, hey. Hey, how you doing? Hello? Hey, this is Ben Douglas. Yes, Ben Douglas. What's up? You're on the, you're on the air. You're on live. Yeah, hey. Um, yeah, um, I, would, I just want to agree with, uh, you know, Jose and Jess and a lot of the folks who have been um, bringing up some of the, the shortcomings and arguably the the concessions are arguably the, um, you know, the, those aspects of the, of the TA that are really problematic. You know, I, I think everyone here probably agrees that this contract is better than, than the last one under, you know, James Hoffa Jr. But like, I think we need to have some historical perspective as well. And that, you know, UPS Teamsters have basically been getting sold out for 25 years. Um, you know, the, my understanding and, and, you know, please jump in, everyone. But my understanding is that you know there was no, uh, there were no part-time uh, preloaders back in the day up until you know 1982. It was full-time work, and the pay was comparable to that of drivers. So the, you know, the union was more unified because people were getting more common, more uh, uh, closer pay rate. Um, Part-timers you know, were last... introduced in 1962, and it wasn't until 1982 that there was a wage differential up until 82, they got paid the same. And in 82, they dropped the part-timers to eight and left the drivers at 12, but part-timers have been a part of the equation since 1962. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thank you, brother. Thanks. Thanks, Dan. Um, and yeah, so I, I think that the, you know, when we put it in historical perspective um, and we see that, you know, uh, in 1982, you know, there was already a concession there, but even then, uh, the, the, the part-time rate was comparable to $25 an hour today by, you know, if you account for inflation and cost of living. Uh, I think that the demands for a better contract for part-timers are 100% justified. And, and I, you know, I, I appreciate um, you, Hector, talking about this on your show openly. Uh, and I think we should, you know, set the tone for the whole country that, you know, this is a real um, problematic contract that needs to be 
discussed and dissected and debated by the whole membership and that you know there, there should be no uh bullying of of people no no steamrolling of this contract that there should be a full you know democratic discussion and and a vote um and i think that there's you know there, there's the problems don't stop with the part-timers you know i was a 22-4 for a little bit less than two years uh and you know the things that ups workers go through uh don't most workers have no clue you know like what it's like to work 12 hours in the 90 degree heat you know wor workers have been dying for literally dying in package cars every year for decades uh so like something like the ac it's a it's a victory uh but the majority of package car drivers aren't going to get that ac uh during this contract and and that means that more workers are going to be dying going to the hospital you know th there's a lot of stuff that needs to be addressed uh that's not taken up in this contract um both for part-timers and full-timers so i just want to chime in about those thanks all right thank you for calling in uh doug um douglas i'm sorry and uh i have rosie uh from local 63 with her hand raised up what's up rosie okay so one of the things that i wanted to there's quite a few things i want to touch on that everybody's talked about one of the things is that so there's some longtime part-timers in the company that i think people don't understand there's no top out for part-timers so some of these longtime part-timers that I actually work with make as much as I do as a top-out combo because they've had no top-out. So they're continually getting raises. And so, and there are some guys that have been there actually since like 1979 that are making as much as feeder drivers because there's no top-out. They were there from the beginning. So they got the top rate as the drivers way back then, like Dan was talking about, and they continued to get the raises. So we have some of these guys that are actually making really good pay. So if you take the, and I understand what you're saying, Jose, but if you take that 75 cent year of service and put it on top of those guys' rates, those guys are gonna be making 70, 80, $90 an hour. So we have to have some compromise when we go back to the table with the company when it comes to your 75 cents years of service. I understand the $25 and the 5% pay uh, rate every every. Uh, for the for the raises, but there's got to be some kind of a compromise because of the years of service. You know, there's there's just got to be some kind of an understanding because we have a lot of people in there that have been there a long time that are actually making what full timers are already making. Now that's not the majority of the part timers, but I understand that. But speaking to the part timers, I think that they're very underestimated. So in my local, when the first Teamsters United ran with Fred Zuckerman. Um, and all of those guys, my local actually voted historically for Teamsters United. That was not the drivers. That was not the feeder drivers. That was my part-timers. That was my combos. That was my 22 twos. All the guys in Brown voted for Hoffa. And this, and same with the, 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 the contract in 2018, it was voted down in my local historically by my part-timers my combos and my 22 twos. Uh, some of the feeder drivers voted no on that contract, but a lot of the package car drivers, they told Christine and I to our face that they didn't care about the 22 four language because they were okay and it didn't affect them. So there is a, there has been for a long time an active movement growing with the part-timers that I think a lot of people have been just casting aside. And I'm kind of tired of hearing this part-timers don't vote. Part-timers aren't active. Part-timers don't care. 
Well, no, the problem is, and I'm going to say it, the problem is that fucking leadership doesn't care. I had a whole lot of practice pickets at my hub in my local, but not one time did they ever go over to Waka where all my part-timers work, where all my combos are, where all of the 22 twos are. It was always in the morning or in the evening when the package car drivers were coming in. It's always about packaging. No offense to you package car drivers, but excuse me until the locals decide that they're going to start stepping up and stepping out and giving a shit about every single fucking member from all of them, part-time, combo, 22-2, driver, package, feeder, all of us, that is, until then, nothing will change. It's got to start from the top. you got to give a shit about everybody, not just the guys in brown. Because if it wasn't for us inside moving those packages, those guys in brown wouldn't have shit in their trucks. Well said, Rosie. Always coming from you. I like the spiciness. Anyway, uh, she's absolutely right. I mean, you know, they got to, they got to, you know, the politics is the politics. And that's what I see it. And I hate politics. I don't like when uh, a a congressperson comes to my parking lot meeting to blah, 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 to say, oh, yeah, I'm with you. But where the fuck are you? You know where. Um, that's why I don't like politics to even come. But, you know, they, they go to these big buildings and you see all the social media. You see the media. You see politicians. Uh, listen, if you got our backs and you got everybody's back, I mean, let's 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 make this happen. Let's make this a real fucking fight for the the the, the greed, the, the, the company that makes billions and billions of dollars. Victor, you have your hands up. What's up, Victor? Yeah, um, we need to get rid of the no strike class, and we need to make the um, uh, the contracts smaller, shorter. We just came out of the pandemic, and we could be having the a, a, we could have had this conversation. What in two thousand? If it was a three year contract, we could have had in two thousand one. You know, we're union. Unions historically were able to uh, what grew unions was having these wildcat strikes, was having these little fires lit, and we're we're kind of corralled for five years and we have to wait five years when we have things like a pandemic right now we have the hottest summer on record and we cannot you know we're talking about it not luckily but in the next what five years are we gonna have another pandemic is it it's just gonna get hotter how can we react to these things if we're corralling ourselves for five years we need to make it shorter and we need to get rid of that that um, anti-strike clause yep i think it should be shorter also i think it should be a three year a three year put the fucking uh company to the to the fire every fucking three years this five years they fucking laugh at us because they got to deal with all this shit for five years they're gonna say oh fuck it we don't have to deal with them for another five years uh i think a three-year contract should be and i mean they it was done before i mean i don't know why they changed it up to five years but whatever that's that is what it's funny you know who i'm looking i'm looking at tyler 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 it's where the fuck you been bro Oh, that's it. You say hi, and now you don't talk. Anyway, go ahead, Audrey. Go ahead. <laughs> you have your hands up. Um, I absolutely agree. We should have shorter contracts. I think maybe someone knows, but was that concession to to take a five year contract? Did that come out of the ninety seven um contract negotiations? No. Okay, so maybe I'm. 
2003, it switched from three to five. Yep. Got, got it. Um, but yeah, I just want to say, I definitely agree. They should be shorter. I agree. We should get rid of the no strike clause. And I also just wanted to echo that point about the politicians. Honestly, I've been pretty disgusted looking at all these politicians coming out to the practice pickets and rallies and like AOC. She was at that. Uh, Maspeth. Uh, yeah, she was at Maspeth. I and wasn't she at that, was, but I and was she at was the at the Sean O'Brien rally also. Exactly. And but she's from the Bronx. Sure, she's from the Bronx, but I mean, look at who she is today. You know, she's saying she's from the Bronx. I'm. I have my buildings in the Bronx, and she never came to any of my buildings in the Bronx. So go for that. Yeah, yeah, and just I mean, she's a total fraud. I think like the whole kind of so-called progressive squad. Um, she's like her whole speech at that was like basically she was trying to make it sound like she's part of the working class. She's like, we have to fight. You know, if we don't fight, no one's gonna fight for us. I'm like, our fight is against you. Like she, she voted to crush the rail strike last year. And now she's coming at us as if she cares so much about the workers and the right. I love you, Audrey. <laughs> um, anyways, I think, you know, and it's not just her, it's a lot of the politicians they've been coming out. They think, okay, here's our time to try to make it seem like we care about the working class. I think they don't. I think both parties, they're a dead end for us. Like time and again, they sell us out. And that's that's just been the case. It's going to continue to be the case. Um, so I think we can't put any any faith in them. And we have to see through them when they try to come out and, and say they're there for us. And and I think it, it says a lot about union leadership, too, when they're very, very close with the Democratic Party. And they're telling us that the Democrats are the way to go. That the Democrats care about us, uh, that that Biden is like a pro labor president. Like that's totally crazy, <laughs> uh, and we shouldn't. We shouldn't just like that's just false. I, if anyone I, just looks, I gotta actually. ask everyone on this panel here because I know a lot of people are here, and I'm hey, this is the what the heck show. So I say what I say. Who gives a fuck? It's my time. It's my my money. I do all this on my time. I, even though I'm a, a elected official, this is Sunday. I'm off. A lot of a lot of questions are going out there. TDU was a watchdog for type of shit like this. Where are they now? Any comments? I don't worry about TDU. <laughs> I don't worry about TDU. You know, let them do them. I'm worried about teams to mobilize. We're, we're trying to do what needs to be done for the rank and file and for the working class. We're trying to hold... As much as much uh, leadership accountable, we're but we're mostly focused on us, the rank and file, engaging the rank and file, speaking power to their ears about that how their labor has value, not the other way around. That the corporation is the whole almighty. It's not. We're the ones who make logistics, and it's, it's we're talking to them and speaking power so they have an understanding like you know what i do mean something because when you go through this system of ups they make you feel like shit you know what i mean they talk down to you you know it's just embarrassing and it's time that we need to speak up rosie's been speaking power to their ears for so long you know we have jess we have audrey we have others in teamster Moe's. tdu used to do that 
but they don't do it no more. But if you want to, if you want to seat at the table because you want to be in power, hey, guess what? You have well, to sit well, there now and take it from from the membership. Well, John Palmer was a big TDU guy. He was always there. Every TDU meeting I went to, uh, to the conference, I, I always see. And John Palmer was definitely their guy. Uh, and he said it straight up. Is TDU now a lap dog instead of a watchdog? Everybody jumped on the bat on the bandwagon, you know, hey, let's go with the winning team, you know, fuck the workers now. And, and I, I don't like that. I don't like that. that they were always fighting and then putting it out there what the Hoffa regime was doing and bad things. And if and, and they they didn't even speak about this contract at all. They didn't put out anything out about this contract I, in the part timers. I, I wonder if this. I'm sorry, Dan. I know Dan's going to speak. Uh, two quick two things with this whole debacle. What's happening with the pension? And they released something the other uh, yesterday. I wonder if if this would have been during the Hoffa's time. And I'm pretty sure they did. They spoke out on it. Now they did what they did. You know what I mean? So, but I want to. Uh, just uh, echo what my brother Victor Tostado said. We need we we these strike clause. We need to get rid of them. We do have Article uh, I think Article Twenty Seven, which is emergency reopenings. We should keep that, but we should reword it and have a reopener with the right to strike, and then we tie it to health. We tie it to safety. We tie it to wages. We tie it to technology. So when the company is violating one of them. Like, for example, what happened to our brother out there in Pasadena, Esteban Chavez, when we find out that stuff happens, then we could reopen negotiations to address those problems. You know, we had to wait until negotiations happen to address these problems of proper ventilations in these, in, in these package cars. And I'm glad that, that my fellow brothers and sister drivers got that. But we didn't get it out here inside the hubs, and we need them. You know, on these three-year contracts, I mean, five-year contracts, yeah, we got we got $30 billion, you know, off UPS, right? But you know what those five-year contracts saying. also does? That, Locks us out. Right, exactly. Dan, go ahead, Dan. You've been waiting for a minute. I know you, you your tongue is, <laughs> you're biting your tongue there. Go ahead, man. So... One, I I, uh, I double checked my facts, and I want I want to set the record straight. So eighty seven ninety were both uh, three year contracts. In ninety three, it was a four year contract. Ninety seven was a five year contract. Two thousand two was six years, and then in two thousand eight and since have been five years. So it's been up and down a little bit, as high as six years. The last time we had a three year contract was in nineteen ninety. I stand corrected. Yeah, but why, um, why, but, why, why we didn't but, fight the, for that? Why this administration didn't fight for or put it as a proposal as uh, make it a three year contract just to put this fucking company on its? Uh, listen, five years is is, is 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 too much room for them to fuck this shit up. There's a lot mm -hmm. of room. It's five years of them not obeying the contract, not giving a fuck. In three years, if you have a three-year contract, they'll be, listen, they'll be on their toes because they know in three years, if they don't get their act together, they, they're going to be, they're going to be, you know, it's going to be a strike. And we demand that shit. And I, I don't know why we did not go for another three years instead of the five years. I, 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 if I could finish my second thing was, uh, I also, you must have drum roll on your computer, right? 
Uh, no, I don't. Oh, come on. All right. Well, anyways, you, you gave away your big news last week. I want to uh, plug my big news. For all of you that don't know, Tyler Binder is on this call. He is uh, very famous for his 2018 whiteboard presentation of the contract. And I would like to announce that Tyler has gracefully agreed to come on my show next week and uh, present his whiteboard presentation like he did in 2018. That will air probably Thursday. And uh, he's going to do it. And that video got 138,000 views. So I expect some excitement. I'm going to be plugging it all week. And plug it here on Union Power Radio. There you go. <laughs> no pressure, Tyler. <laughs> So uh, Tyler's been missing for a little bit. I don't know where the fuck he's been. He's been all over Facebook uh, media back in the day, and uh, all of a sudden he's coming back out. That's good. I like your shit, though. Uh, so listen to, what is it, what's your show again? Bi-Weekly Grievance, one there of those tape shows. There you go. One of those tape shows that they edit. Uh, yeah, <laughs> this is not editing here. This is all live. And that's, that's what kills me a lot about this thing, Uh a lot of these shows that are, are being, and you're not one of them, Dan. I like your show because you speak the truth and you speak whatever, whichever side. A lot of these shows speak one side only, and that shit is bullshit. I think everyone should speak in both sides, from the part-timers to the full-timers, and tell them what's the difference. A lot of these shows, they talk about what's the, po what's the positive part about the full-time and getting their raise, and, and the contract is good because the contract says, because Sean O'Brien says the contract is good. Uh, Zuckerman says the contract. You know, there's got to be uh, you know, a, a two-way street here because part-times are not, some part-times, a lot of part-times are not happy of what's going on. I mean, speak about that. Why don't you speak about that? Instead of telling the members, everybody hold your shit. Ain't out yet. Whatever. And I, I think everything should be put out there in the open. This is why this show, I don't give a fuck. You can speak whatever you want here. Remember that. You can speak how you want, when you want, and you just give me a date and I'll let you speak. And let Because guess what? Sean O'Brien and Zuckerman listens to this show. And everyone else listens to this show. No matter, I don't get a lot of hits like Dan does. Dan gets 3,500 hits, and I don't get that many hits. But, you know, I get the hits that, that, um, that listen. 11,000 last week. Oh, 11,000. Excuse me. Ooh, whoa. So I don't get that many hits, but, I, I, <laughs> but my shit gets, so, uh, everybody listens to it. And they be talking. So this is the place to be. Uh, go ahead, Audrey. What's up? Well, it's a little like five comments ago, but I just want to say really quick. Yeah. You asked like, where's TDU? I have the same question. Where's TDU? I mean, they're basically just like parroting the IBT leadership. They're putting out vote, vote yes materials. Um, they haven't said like a single word that's critical of the leadership in these negotiations. So they're not like a fighting organization uh, right now. I know in the past they have. They were. Been, but, yeah. Yeah. In the past. But it, when you look at today, you know, I mean, they're they're just like another arm of the, the leadership, um, which is selling us out in this contract. So I would say I know not everyone in TDU agrees with what the leadership uh, is doing right now, which is pushing, you know, a yes vote. So I would just call out to everyone in TDU who sees that there's issues in these contract in this contract to to join us. Every I mean, everyone in, in voting it down and. Uh, you know, really? Audrey. Yes. 
I, I appreciate everything you're saying. I truly do. I would just like to give one piece of advice. Um, I think if you guys want to make this thing serious, no attacking the leadership isn't going to get it resolved. Well, uh, I mean, wait, 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 Dan, because T T D U is not the leadership. Okay, no, let's let's get that, that just she, straight. Also, Dave Levine might be wearing a Teamster jacket, but he's not the leadership, and he's not a Teamster, and he's wearing a Teamster jacket. So go ahead, I, if you want to go there all, with that. First of all, I didn't say T D U. That wasn't what I said. Well, you, she, and, she, and, she's only talking she about T D U. No, she did mention leadership selling us out. And I'm just saying, I mean, she'll tell you, she just said it. And I'm not, I'm not criticizing you, Audrey. I'm just saying that criticizing the IBT is not going to get this done for you guys. I mean, pointing out the flaws, making valid arguments, putting your facts together, 100% is how you get that changed. Attacking the leadership is not going to help your guys' cause. And that's just my cautionary tale. I support you guys 100%. But that's not the way to get things done. I'm just my opinion. Well said, Dan. Uh, you, are you done, Audrey, or you, uh, should I go to Rosie? Maybe I could just respond go really ahead. quickly go ahead. if that's respond. all right. Go Rosie. Ahead. I want Sorry, you to respond. Go, go, you go, girl. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, all of us who see that there's issues with this contract, we can unite on voting it down. Um, and I think we need to be working together. I know we have a lot of different opinions on leadership. But in my view, I mean, I think it is a sellout and I think it's full of concessions. And I think it's important to, to say that because then it's like, it's not a question of like the leadership was confused or maybe they thought, you know, they weren't quite sure what our demands were or they thought there wasn't enough fight in us and that they, that they were just going to have to settle for this contract. I think they right, knew but you got to remember, you need the other members to vote with you. And there's a lot of people that don't like inner union fighting. And when you're calling out the leadership on that, you're going to lose some of the people that might have backed your vote. And, that, and that's all I'm saying. It's not so much that I think like Sean or Fred will retaliate against you. I don't, you know, I'm sure that they're no skin off their back. If people don't agree with what they did, they're, they're going to do what they think is appropriate. But what I, my comment was more on the fact that if there's somebody that was willing to back your cause, they don't like division within the ranks. So not to say that you got to sing Sean and Fred's glory if you are against what they did or didn't do, but it's the people that you need to help vote this down with you that you could be alienating by attacking the IBT. That's all I'm saying. Audrey, you have something to say for that? Um. Yeah, I mean, I just think... Um, you, could, you could curse here. You could say, motherfucker, <laughs> fuck you, Dan. I want... You, you could say that. Listen, I got thick skin. Say whatever you got to say, because I'm not criticizing you. I'm not. I truly respect what you have to say. She, I just I think that that could be the wrong way of going about it. That's I, I all got, I'm saying I, to you. I, I, Honest I, to God, I... I'm sure she hears you, and I hear you loud and clear, Dan. She's not criticizing the leadership. I don't see it. A lot of people are texting that she's not criticizing the leadership. She's just expressing her opinion of what should well, be done. Well, when she says they sold out, that's kind of a criticism of the leadership. Yeah. You well, know, I will say I am criticizing the leadership. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I, I, do think, uh, I do think they sold us out um, with this contract. Uh, and I hope that people, even if they disagree with that, if we can agree we need to fight for more, then we can work together to do that. I'm just telling you, like, I know a lot of the old school teamsters. They just, 
I think when I ran for local president, I think that's one of the things I did wrong was I criticized too much the current leadership instead of concentrating on what I wanted to do. And I just think that there's a lot of people that don't like inner union fighting and you need every vote you can get if you're going to overturn this. So I just, I would just, my opinion is just to concentrate on the issues and the facts and not place blame as to where this happened. Because when, when we do overturn this, if people voted down, you're going to need that leadership at the table. And, and I just think that that might be a bad tactic. That's all. I have more thoughts, but I'll let others speak. I see there's like five hands. You up. could get you could get back on the line. Go ahead, Rosie. What's up? You're holding your biting your tongue there. So uh, I understand where Dan is at, but as you and I both know, Hector, attacking the leadership is fun as fuck. Hell yeah! And, <laughs> I gotta say, but there is a time and a place for it. I do agree with you, Dan. And in the past, we have had some fun conventions where we've been able to attack the, the leadership. Hell now sometimes yeah. they attack back. And that makes it a little bit more fun. Hector and I both know about that too. So I get it. I do. I understand the desire to go after them, but there is definitely a time and a place for it. And you do have to understand that it's really a, it's like playing politics. You have to know when to move your chess pieces and when to hold them back and, and how to play the whole chess board. So, and Dan is right in that you have to know how to play the, the, the whole chess board and when to, what is your goal right now? Your goal right now is not necessarily to go after Sean and Fred. It's to educate the members on to, on why the contract is bad and what language you want to fix in it and what language in it is not, is not sufficient to be voting yes. And that's your goal right now, not attacking Sean and Fred. And that's really, I think, what Dan is trying to explain, where there might be a time and place if you're really not happy with them that you can address how their leadership might, you might feel that their leadership is failing. And there will be a time and a place for that, but the right now is not that time and place. But Hector and I know all about that because we've had some fun years over the time, over the years, being able to do that kind of stuff. It so, was, it was but I also wanted to say that I love John Palmer and I think that John Palmer has been an amazing leader over the years. He has been an amazing teamster. He has helped so many members he is mine and Christine's hero. He will always be our hero. He is a fantastic person. And he is one of the best Teamsters that I have ever met. He's one of the best organizers. And if anybody ever has a chance to meet him, you will be just honored and rewarded to ever have a chance to talk to John Palmer. And anything you hear about him that is negative, it's all bullshit. Because I've known Palmer for years. And he is, he is one of my mentors. I have learned so much from him over the years. And he is just an amazing person. And you would do well to actually get to know John Palmer and learn so much from him. And what's the, and there's just a lot of politics going on in TDU right now. And I think that a lot of people have a lot of strong opinions about TDU. And I, the main thing I hope TDU does more than anything is continues to educate the members. Because over the years, the strongest thing that I have learned from TDU is all of the education that I have today. And I have met some amazing Teamsters at those TDU conventions. And I hope they don't lose that in the midst of all of this. The politics, I understand politics stuff. But I just hope they don't lose their education and, and all they do for the members in, in that, in, in the education. So. Very well said. Thanks, Rosie. Now, look who's up next. The, the, the guy, Tyler. 
What's up, man? Does this thing work? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Talk, talk, talk. Okay. Talk, talk. Yeah, is it good? Yep, yep. Sounds good. Okay, where do we even begin? Oh, man. Well, what an interesting ride it's been. Uh, <laughs> you know what? The contract, I think instead of me nitpicking different parts of it that I don't like, I think it's really going to be more about the process. I don't know. When you first started the show today, you were talking about the lack of union presence in 2008, how that contract went to shit, 2013, how there wasn't a presence, that contract went to shit. We finally got something going in 2018, and we kind of know how that turned out, right? So it took it took four contracts in 20 years to finally build this momentum that we have, and we finally have the presence of the members um, that, you know, I found Sean and Fred and those guys at TDU back in 2018 during the whiteboard era, and they were the ones that really gave me hope and showed that you can be a fighter. I mean, I learned more from those guys at that convention than I ever did for my local my whole time here, right? So it's it's really interesting to see how this process is going to turn out. If they're going to act more like Hoffa style, where now we're finally here and we're all saying, well, I shouldn't say all, a lot of people are saying, we don't like this contract. If they go through the next three weeks and push a yes vote on everybody and they don't listen to us, how is it any different than what happened during Hoffa? And I think our expectations because of the way that Sean was presenting himself, the way that he was speaking to the members and the hole that we were digging out of was so deep and so big that coming back at $21 an hour starting for the part-timers was really my biggest gripe. I mean, if the contract goes through, I'm a, I'm a driver. My life's not going to change. If I vote, no, it's going to be for the part-timers. I think that they've been left behind so egregiously over the past 20 years that there's just no way you could look yourself in the face and, and, and vote yes on this contract at 21 an hour. We talked about the MRAs, how those people aren't really going to see that big of a raise. Uh, the money doesn't go as far. And uh, I mean, we're going to be making 50 bucks an hour as drivers. I mean, I'm a pretty cool guy, but I just drive a bread truck. I'm going to take my 50, but I think leaving everybody else in the 20s just isn't right. And Sean and Fred are going to have a lot to prove in the next couple of weeks as to how they handle this, especially if the contract does go through. I think we have so many more people that are involved. Even, even a, even a 30% no vote is probably going to consist of way more actual people than we would have had five years ago. So, I mean, he's really got to be careful. You, you, you get us all wound up over the last five years. We're finally here. We got the helmets, we got the chin straps, we're ready to be out front. And then, you know, I'm not going to use the word sell out, but you kind of sell out and now you're going to throw cold water on us and say fucking vote yes for the next three weeks and then disappear for five years. I think we were expecting a little more. Uh, I don't know if that was just the way he was presenting it to us or, 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 and then, uh, you know, you started the show out too saying, well, you know, this contract in 2008 sucked and the contract in 2013 sucked and 2018 sucked. And then you just sit and you point back at these contracts and go like, well, it's better than all these shitty contracts. Well, what the fuck, man? We, were, we weren't here for those. I mean, there's got to be some responsibility for the 15, 20, 25, 30 year employees that were here. That was your job to organize against that. That was your job to strike against that. You can't sit here and point at the garbage that you left us when we got here and then say, well, those all sucked. And that was my problem. And I didn't do anything about it. Now you have to take a subpar contract because I didn't do my job as a union member. That's bullshit. That is just bullshit. It's not my fault as a 10-year employee that you left me a trail of crap. That's your fault. You were here. It was your responsibility. I've been active since the day that I've gotten here trying to make an impact. 
you know, we're finally here. It took 20 years to build this movement. I really don't think that we're going to get what we thought we were going to get. And I think if the contract goes through, there's still going to be a pretty big no and yes vote, and it's going to create more division. I, I don't know if a strike was necessary, but I definitely don't think we should have taken any less than 25 starting. And that's pretty much all I got to say about that. Oh, and I hate being on camera. Uh, so that's why I've been hiding. It's all right. It's all right. So uh, you're going uh, to be on Dan's show uh, uh, talking about the, the chart that you did last time, which was great. Right. Uh, what, what are you going to be talking about now with Dan? Well, that, and- that's what he's doing. He's going to re- replica the whiteboard uh, with this contract. Right. Yeah. And uh, I'm kind of, I'm kind I wouldn't say nervous, but it's like, I respect the IBT a lot. And I mean, I know a ton of people on a personal level that were on the negotiating committee. Um, and I don't like what I'm seeing from them already. Right. I mean, maybe they did a better job than Hoffa, but when you bring us back the language and, and we don't like it, I'm already seeing, you know, BAs mocking the 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 union members and dismissing our our problems and our thoughts and like that's half a shit right like you're not supposed to do that even pushing a yes or a no vote on us isn't what you're supposed to do right like in 2018 sean and fred like whiteboard vote no dennis taylor sucks are they going to take the heat the same way if we decide that we don't like this contract i mean you can't you can't be on both sides of the fence right And, and and i just I want to make a video and I think there's a ton of misinformation already. Just the way that the members are reading the language. I found that to be the most profound thing of the whiteboard experience was we have a lot of people that don't have the ability to look at the contract and understand what it means. And they need a very simplified form of what it means. They don't want you to sit on camera and read them the language. They just want you to say, this is what's going to happen to you. Like it or not. This is what you got coming. Make a decision, right? And that's what I found out the most. I mean, there's so many people from the inner cities that literally reached out to me and said, I can barely read. I have no idea what the hell any of this means, which is profound to me because all the old timers will be like, read your fucking contract. What's wrong with you? They don't understand there's different walks of life that live here and don't have the comprehension to do that, right? It's a more difficult task. I mean, I read the contract. I've been living in that thing for 10 years. I, I don't know what half of it means sometimes. There's so many double negatives and check this supplement and that local and rider and past practice. And you're like, yeah. So like, how would somebody who's especially a new person? Um, so I would like to make another whiteboard video. I think that there's a lot of misinformation out there that needs to be broken down. And I also think that at some point I would like to move away from like the bounty system with this company since money is not an issue for these guys. I think the biggest disconnect right now between the employees, UPS and the IBT is people want rights. And by rights, when I say like, well, let's say nine, five is a big deal. You're probably seeing people still talk about that. That section of the contract was put there to reduce your workload. It's not supposed to be a bounty system where UPS fucks up your day and then says, well, here's 50 bucks, right? We want working conditions as a right. Where, hey, if you're going to dispatch me with 11 hours and it's my third day, I'm bringing the truck back and you can deliver it. I'm going to go home, right? I mean, you can do it with eight-hour requests. Why can't we do it with 9-5? And my point to that would be the language on its face doesn't work as it's written. Are there people on the 9-5 list that are being violated? Yes. Then the language clearly doesn't work. So why do we just keep adding more penalties to language that doesn't work? We have a ton of money and a ton of intelligence on that negotiating committee. You can't tell me you can't find a more successful way to actually make that work other than adding another $40 penalty on top of what we already had. 
that's not what we want. It's not what we want. I mean, is that clear enough? We don't want that. We want the right to go home. That's it. We don't want more money. We're going to make plenty, right? We want to go home. We want to see our families. I want to go to the gym. I want to have hobbies. I want to have sports. I don't want to live at work and then just get an extra $100 at the end of the week because I was violated. That's great. Tyler, you're, you're good, bro. I like me, I, right? You should do your own show, man. Really, you could educate a lot of people of what you you're saying now because it's all it's tr- the truth, man. It's like, yo, it's on the money of, of, of what you're saying. After he does my show, stop it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he records and edits. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you're absolutely right. You know, it should be stronger language on that nine five. It should be like the the request law. If you if you're not done, you bring it in. And uh, you know, quadruple the 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 paid. You know, the the company is there to violate the contract, no matter what. Right. They're gonna right. violate the contract to their full extent, and the only thing they're gonna say is this: grieve it, because it's not gonna go anywhere. They're gonna pay for it. They got millions of dollars to pay for this shit. They don't care. They're gonna continue violating. I think it should be stronger language on on the nine five. Absolutely, and that's when a lot of people are pissed off about that. Uh, the nine five, you know, okay, we get quadruple pay. The company don't give a fuck about quadruple pay. They're gonna violate it. They're gonna give you the fourteen hours or the thirteen hours or eleven hours out there. You're gonna grieve it, and some drivers don't grieve it. They're on the nine five list, and they just don't want to bother and putting in the grievance. And that's the problem, because if you want to fix this problem, is you need to grieve it. If you're on the nine five list and they are violating you a hundred percent, then you need to put that grievance in to show them. That you, uh, everyone's involved, that it's got to put the grievance in. I got guys, I got a list of one center of almost 35 to 40 drivers on the 9-5 list. And if I get one 9-5 grievance out of that building, that's fucking a lot. One night, and they come to you and they say, oh, they're giving me too much work. Grieve it. You're on the 9-5 list. Grieve it. I guarantee you they'll put your load down if you grieve it. Grieve it. Get the money. And now with this language is saying that every day it violated three times in a month that they have to have a sit down. But guess what? The company is going to have to sit down. They're going to say, oh, well, next next month we'll do the same fucking thing. It's, they're going to they're going to do it all the time. That's why we need more teeth on that nine five language. All right, guys, I went over my time today. It's seven twenty now. <laughs> Anybody else wants to talk? <laughs> no, you no. I think uh, just I, I think just I think. I think Jess wanted to talk. I don't know if she's still she, on. The call. I think she she's she's not on anymore. But anyway, uh, the, hey Hector, yes, can you do me a favor? Can we do a show? Because I got a lot of guys out here that don't understand the benefit of having an, a sitting arbitrator. Okay, and I would love to do a show talking about the benefits of having a sitting arbitrator because I proposed that because I knew how well it was. I've been putting it in for years. Uh, uh, Lawrence Cruz and I have been trying to put it in for years. We finally got it out here. And a lot of the guys out here in the West are not understanding how beneficial that is. And I would love to talk about that on another show so that they could sit in and understand how beneficial that is. I would definitely and, get my panel. why they need, why we actually need it and we would benefit from it. 
so in local 804 we do have a sitting arbitrator and we have a panel team which we call them the 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 their office is called the war room w-a-r war room because that's what they do they they go into war into the panels and they understand the panel system and uh the, uh, also the arbitrator, the sitting arbitrator, is, is, is less of time that you have to wait for your, and this, this panel team in Local 804, and I don't know any other, but I only could talk about Local 804, this panel team is one of the, I, 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 they are a great team, is a great, is a five guys plus a, a uh, director of operation was, was a lawyer, and when they work cases, they win cases. And a sitting arbitrator is probably, I, I think, is, is great to have a sitting arbitrator. So, yes, we could have a show like that of a sitting arbitrator. And I'll have one of the panel guys come on and see what's the best thing, why we have a sitting arbitrator in the system. Um, it'd, be, it'd be the second time they talked to me about sitting arbitrator. When Sean and his crew were at uh, Anaheim in my, in my hub at Twilight, they, uh, they talked to me about sitting arbitrator. Well, my principal officer tells Sean, uh, "Why don't you tell him? You know, pointing at me. Why don't you tell him about the sitting how uh, about the how how the sitting arbitrator works?" And then we we've had that uh, discussion because in my in my local we've never had it. We've never had a sitting arbitrator, so you know I had questions like especially when it comes to dishonesty. You know, and I was asked, "Okay, so what can and the what can the sitting arbitrator rule on, and what can't they rule on?" And, and they were talking to me about it, but uh, <laughs> it, was, it was a it was a funny uh, funny conversation. But I guess uh, I will, I left with my uh, tail between my legs. Uh, what what that would what was uh, the the rumor? Well, that's what was said about me that I, I left with my my tail between my legs, even though it's me. And then there's twenty of them, or fifteen, or whatever number. So, but I, I mean, I don't understand. I don't understand the tell between your legs. You're there to educate. Means, you, mean, you like to get. I, I was a. Uh, I was a punk ass. You you like to get educated on a lot of stuff. Everyone wants to get educated. I don't know a lot of stuff. Dan don't know a lot of stuff. Rosie don't know yeah, a lot. Yeah, but when you have it, but it, when you have sometimes you, when you have a target on your back and Rosie probably could knows it and you probably knows it when you have a target on your back. You know what I mean? Any anything that you do. What do you mean a target on your back? Light. What do you mean like the management? The companies have a target on your back or the union? Both. But in this in this instance it was a, it was it was a it was a conversation that when they came to my hub, but the conversation was cordial, you know. So, but I don't know why they you know said that I I stuck my tail between, I put my tail between my legs, but nah. whatever that's what was said. But I mean that's it's not going to stop me from speaking uh, power into the ears of of part timers and telling them their labor is worth something. They worth they worth something. They nah. have worth. Nah. Everyone needs to get educated. Listen, I had a big target on my back with, with that fucking local over there, nine, uh, 396, when Herrera and his fucking goons, made, they, they followed me in Vegas. They tried to confront me and try to play po-po on me, and I had to confront them and tell them exactly how I felt. And I told them, fuck y'all. Y'all ain't getting my, y'all don't need to know who I am. They wanted to know my ID. I had it all on video, and uh, Lawrence Cruz, I put it out there for me because I sent the video to him. And, you know, these guys can intimidate you guys. 
I mean, they, they, the Teamsters, and I don't understand that. And I didn't understand the fucking, the convention when we were all Teamsters there and everybody was going against each other, calling us, calling my girl Rosie, you know, all kinds of names and calling uh, the TDU wackos and this and that. And now all of a sudden I see these people that did that. I see them now in, 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 in the national uh, grievance and, and they're all buddy buddies now. That, oh, how you doing? Fuck you. That's I say that to them. I say fuck you. You fucking treating me like shit when you was a fucking vet vest motherfucker. And now that Sean is in the office, now you want to play buddy buddy with me? Fuck you. And let me tell you something. There's still Ogard in Sean's slate. There's still I see Ogard there. I see guys that a fucking worship Hoffa are still in that slate. I don't know what the fuck. But whatever the case may be, it is what it is. I'm not afraid of any of you motherfuckers. I'm telling you right now. You could come to me, talk shit to me, and I'm going to talk to you exactly like... I don't give a fuck who you are. I don't give a fuck if you're Sean O'Brien. Because Sean O'Brien knows I talk to him just like I talk to everyone else. Fuck that shit. He's always asking me, are you out of, Are you getting out of... Are you getting into trouble? No, I'm not getting in trouble. Zuckerman, the same way. I talk to him the same way I talk. I don't fucking bow down to anyone i don't give a fuck here we are teamsters we should be equal everyone should be together as one but this bullshit of teamster versus teamsters i don't like it at all i don't i didn't like that convention that we have red vest versus black vest and it was fucking a battle it was a lot of them and a little bit of us but guess what we fucking gave it to them the black with, with Fred Zuckerman, we gave it to them. They couldn't even handle. They had a hundred thousand of them versus ten thousand of us, and we still let them know we're here to stay and we're here to be fucking teamsters. Go ahead, uh, uh, Dan. Before I close um, the show out, <laughs> I was just gonna say uh, you had mentioned to me that you at some point you wanted to cover my story, and uh, if you're gonna do a story on sitting arbitrators, it's probably a good time to include my story because. Both of my cases were uh, adjudicated by an arbitrator. They deadlocked on the panel and the arbitrator, the sitting arbitrator in the room made the decision on both of my cases. So not that it always favors the union, but the system does work and it might be a good time to throw my story in there as to how that helped my uh, case out. I still want your story. I don't care. I know it's been busy with this contract stuff, but I guarantee you, I want to hear your story. Uh, definitely, and and if we well, have I just to meant the way it ties in with the arbitrator. Definitely, because I it, it the arbitrator definitely saved my job both times. Very good. That that'll be great. You'll be involved in that. Uh, Adri, I mean, I keep forgetting Audrey. her name. Audrey. Audrey. I'm sorry, your name don't pop up on my screen now. It does. Look, there it goes. Audrey. Sorry. It's all good. Yeah, I just wanted to say, like, we shouldn't bow our heads down and just take this contract um, or just in general, like in our lives, you know, if we're in a shitty situation uh, at work, you know, at school, whatever, we need to fight back. And I think it is larger than like just, you know, just UPS or um, any kind of individual company or uh, workplace or you know, school or anything. I think it is about this larger system where i mean we're it's built on our exploitation you know like that is the only way that ups and any other company runs so 
I really feel like we have to have that in mind that there, there's no fairness here between us and them. Uh, and, and we have to fight. We have to like lift our, our heads up high and, and fight together. Um, and I've been really, I, I mean, it's been great meeting everyone uh, like in the last uh, few months, especially in the last few weeks, talking about we, we thought we were going to very likely need to vote no. And then obviously, in my opinion, we do. Um, so it, it's great. I think meeting, you know, teamsters across the country who are coming together uh, to fight for a stronger contract. And I know we're going to have disagreements, um, of course. But I think, you know, for all of those who can agree, we need we need to fight um, for our interests, uh, not just to, to accept what we're given. Um, I feel very hopeful, even if even if the, the vote no doesn't succeed, which I hope it does. And I think it is possible that it will, um, because I think even full timers aren't aren't happy with this. There's a lot of reasons to be <laughs> angry at this contract, even if you're not a part timer. But I think even if it doesn't succeed, if we can like use this time to build up our 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 strength and our unity. I mean, that's important no matter what year it is, no matter if it's a contract or not, like we should always be pushing for our union to be fighting for the workers. That's what, that's what our union should be doing in any union. So if we see that that's not happening, we got to make it happen. Thank you very much, Audrey. And, and, and I want to shout and I, out. Yeah, hold on. I wanna, I, one more shout okay, out. But I just want to say to the part-timers that are listening, listen to Audrey because she is in local 177 and she made it to the local 804 general membership meeting. So you guys got to understand, she lives all the way in Jersey. Her local is all the way in, in, in Jersey. And she made it to our local on a Sunday. So you guys should think about it. You guys live in, this, in, in New York and should come to the general membership meeting to get education, to get the, the, what's going on if you're not being told by your shop steward. You should come. She did it. You can do it. I think all part-timers should get involved and make this one happy family. That's all I really want. Go ahead, Jose. I'm sorry. If uh, part-timers, you guys are not happy, I encourage all part-timers, even full-timers that are not happy, 22-3s, uh, feeder guys, anybody. If you guys are not happy with this contract, there's Teamster Mobilize. Come, you know, come with us. We'll talk about what what you guys are are, are your concerns, and then we'll you know we'll we'll push it because you know that's that's the beauty in in being a union is our democratic process. And there was a lot of brothers and sisters that fought damn hard to get that to get that vote, you know. So it's it's incumbent upon us to exercise our right, regardless if you're for or against. And me, I'm against it. So if you're not happy with it, come to Teamster Mobilize. Check us out on Twitter, Teamster Mobilize. M O B L I Z, or on Instagram, what Teamster Mobilize, or our fate, or on uh, on our uh, website, TeamsterMobilize.com. You know, I'm gonna create a, a Facebook group and a YouTube channel, so we could put up that what we did today with our webinar, national webinar, and we're gonna have more as well coming, because it's it, the process is not just it doesn't stop here at the contract. Yes, but we part times we came together from different parts of the country to address the issues that concern us. But it's, we're not stopping there. There's a greater fight that needs to be had. And we're going to be in that fight from, from this point forward. Because what affects our work life also affects our, our home life. And we need to be fighting both fronts, not just this right here.
because this right here is important as well, which is our home life. Because we have too many brothers and sisters that are, are some sort of uh, are some sort of assistance, living in shelters, being unhoused. And if if you're ready for a fight and you're on and you're you're not happy with this contract, please come to Teamster Mobilize. We're here. We're listening and we're ready to help you in whatever capacity we can help you in. I did record your your Zoom meeting and I'm going to be doing a rotation on Union Power Radio on Mixler. It's going to be around the clock. It's going to be around the clock going in rotation. So if you miss the first part, just listen to the rest and wait till it turns around and it starts from the first part. So I'm going to have your your stuff uh, on a Mixler on Union Power Radio rotating the whole 24 hours for anyone that missed out on the on the uh, Zoom meeting. So with that said, two-hour show, look at this guy saying two-hour show. He wants to do a two-hour show. You guys want me to do a two-hour show? You guys want me to stay on? My laptop is about to die. I don't know. Yeah, when. exactly. <laughs> I want to thank any, 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 last, any last comments uh, from the panel? Anybody? Tyler, you're the, you, you spoke very good. Uh, Rosie, you spoke very good. So any, any closing arguments? Nobody? <laughs> Okay. I mean, I can hop on if you want. I mean, I'm just, I'm just really hoping that this, that the leadership actually doesn't do the same thing that they did that Hoffa did to us. I mean, that's kind of what it feels like already. Um, I, I just, I've seen a couple of, like I said, business agents, um, you know, saying this is the best contract ever, but you're comparing it to shitty contracts. You know, that's kind of what we keep bringing up. So, uh, I think if the union membership is speaking out against this contract, and we're going to find out when we put it to a vote. But I just, I thought maybe for once we would have a leadership that isn't going to diminish or just throw cold water on us. I mean, those two guys, Sean and Fred, are a huge part of the reason why this movement is so strong now. So it's, it's, it's really weird to spend all that time and effort, right, making this 20-year rallying the troops and then everybody's in line ready to roll and we're like, we're done here after four hours back at the day. It just feels weird. You know, it just feels weird wrong i'm a little confused i mean i don't i i i'm sure i'm not the only one right it just it feels weird i don't know it just i feel like there should have been more you're not the only one i feel just as weird as you because all this rah-rah all this practice picking and to go to the table two hours later and we get a deal uh I want to. I listen. I I can't stand this company. I really can't. The way they viol- <laughs> the way they violate this fucking contract. I really can't stand these motherfuckers. They deserved a one to three day fucking strike, and we deserve not to just give it to them, but to fucking tell them the part timers should have got that twenty five dollars. I'm sorry. This is just me, and this is my opinion. This is my fucking show, and my opinion is my opinion, just like everyone else. You here to speak your opinion and only your opinion. But any any anyway, I want to thank everyone that joined in today. We had uh, a big panel here. I can't name everybody in, but you know who you are. And uh, I want to thank everyone for listening to the What the Heck Show here on Union Power Radio. This will be on podcast. It will be on Spotify, iHeart, all the spot, uh, all the spots that you can get a podcast at. It's going to be iTunes, uh, Google Play, uh, YouTube. Uh, you could uh, subscribe to my channel on YouTube. It will be there. Also, it also alerts you when we go live. I want to thank everyone from the West Coast to the East Coast to the South to the West. All Teamster brothers and sisters, I love you guys, and I will see you next Sunday here on the What the Heck Show. Thank you for coming, and thank you for listening. Bye-bye.
Let's do it. You are now listening to the boss of the business, the Big Bad Wolf, on Union Power Radio.